Welcome to the Lead Management Mastermind Show, the only podcast where you'll learn about lead management best practices from the top lead management and sales marketing executives in the industry. Hear about the optimization, strategy, and techniques that have made each of our guests the best of the best in the lead management domain. Live from the headquarters of SDP Solutions, here's your host, Scott Payne. Hi, everyone. This is Scott Payne with SDP Solutions and host of the Lead Management Masterminds podcast. Thanks once again for tuning in with us today. This is now the 20th episode of the podcast, and this one's also going to be a little different. In this episode, I sit down again with Ben Shore, SDP Solutions' newest principal consultant and solutions engineer as we conduct yet another live broadcast on LinkedIn and YouTube on September 9th, 2021. In this episode, we conduct a deep dive into prioritization best practices and how lenders are optimizing their use or not optimizing their use of the duplicate management platform. We also share some new ideas we've come up with on how to tackle the Velocify and Encompass integration challenges. And we end with sharing some tips and tricks on how to leverage a lookup table inside of your Velocify instance. We hope you enjoy this special episode, and thanks again for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lead Management Masterminds Live Edition. We're back for our second live edition. So happy to have everyone back with us. There's been a lot of kind of buzz on LinkedIn and and people saying they're going to become attending today. So really, really look forward to the conversations we're going to have today. We're going to talk about some of the challenges that we were continuing to see out there, some of the things that clients continuously ask us. And we're going to be going through some of those things today. But first, I have a little promotion going on here. So today, for anybody who likes the video or places that comment or puts a comment here on the video with a question or just a comment to say hi, you're going to be eligible to receive this. Can you see it there? Yeti cup. So it's an actual Yeti cup. SDP solutions on it with the Lead Management Masterminds podcast right there for you. So... If you're drinking your coffee or cold beverage after work, you can be thinking about here or thinking about us here at SDP. So please leave comments. We would love to, to hear from you. Say hi. If you have any questions that come up along the way, feel free to post them into the chat from either YouTube or LinkedIn. They'll be notified. We'll get notified here on our service and we'll pop it up and get the question answered for you. So let me turn it over to Ben. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. This is fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun doing it live. There's a lot of stuff for those that don't have a podcast. The editing and all of the stuff that goes along with these live videos can be a little uh, challenging from time to time. And so what I love about this is the live video. There's no editing. We're just we're taking a chance and, and rolling with it. So, all right, Ben, welcome back. Let's get started. Let's first start talking about you know kind of the number one thing we're seeing over and over again, which is prioritization. How we prioritize leads, or how loan officers or salespeople prioritize their leads, or Maybe they don't. Maybe our clients or there's clients out there, Velocify clients who have the perfect prioritized setup, prioritized use setup, but there comes a problem. It is getting the user to actually use it. Let's talk first about the problem. Like, Why do salespeople not want to use a prioritized view in their day? You want to start with there? Yeah. So the, the first possibility I think that we all know is a lot of times loan officers don't know what the priority view is for. People will say, I had a lead on my priority view and I took an action to tell the system what I did and then it disappeared and now it's gone and I don't have it anymore. 
which of course shows that they don't really know exactly what it's supposed to be and how it works. That stuff comes up all the time. That's obviously simply a training issue. But most of the time when I see loan officers not using Velocify, it all revolves or mostly revolves around the admin making a change, modification, addition that wasn't what I'll call 100% optimal. And when that type of addition or adjustment is made, there are symptoms. And the loan officers, they don't really know exactly what's going on, but they'll explain the symptoms very, very clearly. And these are things that need to be adjusted. Because if you don't adjust for these symptoms, loan officers simply will not use the priority view, which kind of defeats the purpose of much of Velocify. So I wanted to go through a few of those symptoms real fast, since I'm pretty sure that anyone who's watching this, has they can relate to some of these symptoms. So I just wanted to go through a few of them here real quickly. The first one is sometimes a loan officer will go to their priority view, and they'll have a priority rule for something like pre-qualifications or pitched loans, that type of thing. And they'll go to their priority view and it'll have the name pitched loan or pre-qualifications. And then there'll be lead, 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 lead all the way down. And it will literally take up the entire screen, which isn't exactly super helpful for a loan officer if they go to their priority view and it just gives them a big list of one thing. It might as well be the normal view at that point, right? So that, that's one symptom is one list takes up the whole screen. Another symptom is when leads don't fall off the list. Now we know that they're supposed to, but depending on how you configure Velocify, it might not fall off the list. And that, of course, is another big problem if someone says, wait a second, I'm on this list. You told me that the most important things are at the top. I just worked the top 10. I left for lunch. I came back and the top 10 are the same. That can't be right. Again, they're just not going to use it. Another example, things showing in the wrong list, which seems like such a simple concept. But I can't tell you how many times if the system is accidentally configured incorrectly, where a loan officer will see something, it'll be in the wrong list and they'll say, this thing's not working for me. Yeah. Leads not showing up when they should is another one, right? If a loan officer says, hey, this pre-qualification shows up once every four months, that's not good, right? I, I should be calling it more often than that. I know that. So, so they'll see those, those types of things. So those are, are, are some of the symptoms. I've got a couple other items uh, that I wanted to go through as well. But I thought I'd kind of start there and get your thoughts on some of those symptoms and, and what, yeah. we might, what we might be able to do there. Well, I mean, I think that another thing to mention here is trust, right? And when a loan officer or salesperson uses Velocify and they use the priority view and it doesn't work that one time, they think they just the, the trust level goes way down. So we train our clients to really make sure, one, you're double checking the settings, making sure that everything is the way it's supposed to be. But one of the things that I recommend, and this we, we do it remotely now, and we've talked about it a couple of times together, where we're actually shadowing someone today, we do it through Zoom. But if you're there in the office, Go up and sit with your salespeople and look at their priority views. Understand what is showing up where, why it's showing up there. You might have a setting that you missed, not knowing hey, why, is, why is this set of leads not showing up. And so rather than trying to say, okay, well, I'm just setting it up from an administration level. How does it look? I'm actually going to want to go in and look at the actual user screen there. And it's also a good time to get feedback from them. Like, does this make sense why the lead is there? Does it make sense why the lead is there? As we scroll down, does it make sense why this is showing up below these things? So those types of things can be really helpful from an administrator level who's setting it up, but it also will help in the salesperson eye understand that you're really trying to optimize it. Uh, it increases that level of trust. It increases that level of trust of the system and every, all, all of those things that nothing is missing. Because a lot of times they feel like something's missing. So that triggers them to want to go to our normal view and start searching and filtering through a number of leads to try to find something there. And then we're back at square one where they're now wasting time. 
Yeah, and to me, what you just said, I think there's two important components to it, right? There's the knowing what's on their list and there's the feedback from them. The knowing what's on their list, I mean, ideally, there should be a way to actually kind of log in as or see their list. Velocify doesn't provide that, right? So actually sitting next to someone and seeing it is definitely important. But the, the second part about talking to them is so important because you're going to get all kinds of little tidbits from them when they're just making comments about it. Like one comment that, that people will often say is, look, the priority view is okay. And, and you know they'll be looking at the list. Maybe it looks good. Maybe it doesn't. And they'll say, the thing I don't like though, is it doesn't show me enough. I asked support and they said that it only shows me 100 leads at a time. Well, if, if someone says that to you, that's a trigger, right? Wait a second. They, they want to see more than 100? Maybe they don't even understand what this list is supposed to do. I think we all know, hopefully, that the priority view is meant to be worked kind of top to bottom. And you really only need to see the first few. We show the rest for an assortment of different reasons, but it's not necessary to see them, right? It's really working the top few. So anyone who wants to see more than 100 doesn't really know how the priority view is supposed to work. In most situations, you're only going to know that a loan officer is unhappy that they can only see the top 100 if you sit down and chat with them about it, get them talking. Normally say, start at the top, work your way down. Always just go from top to bottom. What are your thoughts on giving the salesperson a little bit of flexibility to maybe focus on the top 10 things and let them choose kind of what they want to do within those first 10 level, 10 sets of things? What are your thoughts on that? Or what do you recommend typically? Yeah, I find it's, it's almost case by case, right? Because there's a culture issue to think about. And then there's also knowing your people. So from a culture perspective, there are certain managers who say, the way I manage is if you give someone too much space, they're going to take too much more. So if I say, feel free to look through the top 10, they're going to look through the top 100, right? So I really want to tell them, work the top one first, then the second, and really provide some structure to it. And a lot of times, again, that, that has to do with kind of the culture that you're trying to set up. There's also understanding your people, right? Some people are going to be able to do things like that. Some people, not as much. There are many lenders who I've seen set up rules, let's say for redistribution, where they'll say, yeah, we, we redistribute, but we don't redistribute away from these three people. They're some of our top people. They're going to skip around in their list a little bit, but we trust what they're doing. Right? You're going to make accommodations here or there. It's not one size fits all. That's where getting consultation from people like us um, can help to kind of evaluate your team and see what's the best approach for that team. Yeah, no doubt. One of the things Velocify has, not a lot of people know about this, is single lead view, where you're only showing one lead at a time. Do you ever use that before? I've never, never implemented that for anybody, only because I think it tells them, well, this is the most important thing to do. But if they don't, or if they're in that top 10 kind of person they want to kind of see, they're going to say, well, I'm just going to go to normal view and kind of do my own thing. You ever, yeah, ever done that before? Yeah, it's again, it's about the, the mentality of the individuals that you're working with. If you're going to treat a rep or a loan officer in a way where you only want to show them one at a time, quite often what we find is those are scenarios where you want it to be kind of more robotic, we'll call it. And I think most of the times when someone asks me, hey, can I only show them one at a time? We actually end up in the end using the get lead approach instead. We end up using more team-based approach where someone just says, give me the next one off the top. Because if you only want to show a loan officer one lead at a time, Chances are you want to, again, make it somewhat of a robotic thing. You don't want them to have any kind of flexibility. You don't feel that they need the psychological boost to see a list and to see what's in their queue. You're not concerned that they'll be able to see what's coming up. And most of the time, we end up using get lead, which for those who aren't as familiar with it, is when you have more of a pool 
type of joint pool scenario where a loan officer just says, give me the next one off the top of the stack. And it's more of a team-based approach. We usually end up landing there. Good points. Yeah. I didn't think about that. We have a, a quick comment here. And, and as a reminder to everyone out there, those who leave a comment or like the video is going to be eligible to win a... I'm really proud of this, just only because it's expensive, but Yeti. So go to Yeti STP Cup. So again, leave a comment, like the video. we got a comment here. just want to show real quick. Get your thoughts here. Patrick Marks, you know, exactly. If everything's a priority, then nothing's a priority. So it's a great little piece of feedback there. What are your thoughts there, Ben? Anything to add? Yeah, I can't tell you how many times we're talking to lenders and they say, this is really important. This is really important. And I'm like, okay, you just said 20 things are really important. That doesn't really help me. Yep. Right. And, and I think that's exactly right. And again, that's where you need uh, someone who kind of thinks that way in terms of the very logical up or down, higher or lower. I think some people might know that, that you're into to fantasy sports a little bit, as am I. And that's the exercise you do there as well, right? Where you say, I like this guy. And I like this guy, but which guy do you like better? It's the same idea. You have to be able to prioritize things. Yep. Love it. Other comments here. Mr. Ron Thomas, one of my first sales coach. He was my vice president of sales way back in the day. Ron, how you doing? Great to hear from you. Thanks for the comment. Also have Ms. Jenny Dald. How you doing, Jenny? Thanks for joining us today. Now, Ben, let's talk about... We've learned over the years now, and especially here recently, as we've come up with some new ideas on how to kind of optimize some challenges that Velocify has had in the past as it relates to something like an overdue lead, like where I can maybe turn off someone's ability to receive leads if they have leads that they haven't called in 24 hours. I can actually turn them off by using this overdue concept. We've also come up with the primary and secondary actions. And what this does is allows them to drill down into a specific uh, reason as to why the customer didn't qualify or wasn't interested. So the marketing can reprioritize that customer much better than looking through a bunch of comments. With those two things, I think what we found with prioritization is you real quickly will find out those who are using the priority view. Because that's always a question that comes up. How do I know? Like I set it up, how do I know my users are using the priority view? You talk a little bit about how the overdue and primary and secondary actions in particular have helped lenders kind of figure that part out. Yeah, so if you're not sure if your team members are using the priority view, I mean, first things first, there are reports that you can run. Hopefully, hopefully most people know that. And we can help you there as well. There are reports that you can run that will show who's using the normal view more and less, who's using the priority view more and less. But in addition to that, to Scott's point, there are certain things that we recommend with SDP and certain things that you might even put into play where you say, look, when something is not happening the way that it should, we want to notify our team members in some way. And different systems have notifications and things of that nature. We find that, yeah, I could create a notification, but a notification, as we all know with our cell phones, they come and they go. Right, You get a notification and either you do something about it, but once you dismiss it, it's gone. So usually what we do with Velocify when we want to present a notification that we want to not go away is instead of having a notification, we'll put it at the top of their priority view with a special priority rule that says something like, and these are SDP special things, right? You did a primary action and you didn't do a secondary action. It's at the top of the list or you have overdue leads to the top of the list. Or maybe you know you guys who are managing your own Velocify system, maybe you have other little gotchas, like a lead has reached a certain status and it doesn't have a certain data field populated. So that's a, something we want to draw attention to. So it's at the top of the list. Anytime you create something that goes to the top of someone's priority view and you say, we want to draw your attention to this thing, if you're using that and for certain loan officers, they have a ton of things just sitting in that queue, it means in all likelihood, they're not using the priority view. 
Otherwise, they'd be staring at that thing all day long. It would annoy them at some point. They'd do something about it. They'd ask someone about it, something. If they're not making adjustments to go ahead and actually do what they're supposed to do, taking that secondary action, taking an action on the, the overdue leads, populating a field that's not... If they're not doing that, chances are they're not using priority view. Yeah. And it's one of those things we kind of fell upon because we always looking for ways to, to make sure that our users are using the priority view because we know the stats. The stats don't lie. 40% of a salesperson's time is wasted every day when they're not using a prioritized list of things to do. 40%. So think about that's 40% less phone calls they can make, 40% less inbound phone calls they can take. I mean, it just is a, a huge problem in the industry. And so we're always looking for the ideas. And what we found out when doing this was that it was a, a quick solution to understand who's using, who's not. It's just, again, kind of fell in our lap, but turned out to be pretty good for a lot of our clients who are u- using this now. Yeah, one other thing real fast. Whoops, sorry, one other thing real fast that I wanted to to throw out there about the, the use of the priority view. I've spoken to a few lenders who said that their team members got so used to answering so many inbound calls last year specifically that they basically didn't even worry as much about outbound calls, right? When rates were so low and 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 it was a new thing and and everyone was refining all over the place. And I had a few lenders who basically said Hey, you know, this, uh, the, the priority view, I've barely even looked at that thing in the last year because my team members just weren't using it. And now's a, a good time to kind of reevaluate that and remember, hey, you know what? The outbound calls at any given moment, if they're not hugely important, they could be hugely important tomorrow. And, and keeping that in line, now's as good of a time as any to, to check that out again. Great point. If you're looking to set up a prioritized view or prioritized structure, obviously there's consultants like us that can help you. I wanted to just give you a little tip and trick to, to those listening that we found over time and that I used to use back in my time at NationStar was rather than me trying to figure out what the best strategy was, what I ended up doing was pulled in my top salespeople and I pulled them into a room, I bought them lunch and I said, hey, I want to talk to you about our prioritized use structure. I want to to walk you through what our order is. And what I want you to do is critique it. Tell me what you would change. How would you do it? You're a top producer. How would you set up your priority viewer? How are you doing that in your mind or how are you doing that today? And what I ended up having them do was help me come up with a structure that they would use for a really good lead, a lead that they thought was the best lead ever, right? And I said, it's the low LTV and, and high loan amount, all of the things that made a lead really good. I said, I'm going to give you one of these leads. How do you call it using the same structure we have set up for our normal leads? And what they did is they walked me through and instead of maybe an hour later, it was 30 minutes later because it was a really good lead or... Maybe instead of four hours later, it was two hours later and became more accelerated, essentially, is how they were calling these leads. So what I ended up doing was using a flag. There's a flag in Velocify that allows the user to flag the lead as an important lead. And the way that we set it up was that I said, hey, I met with your top producers. They think this is the best way to call the best leads. If you get a lead that you think is the best, simply flag that lead and the priority view structure is going to change. And it's going to accelerate the calls. It's going to make it a top producer model, if you will, for a really good lead. So the top producers now were able to essentially take their strategies, put it in place, and the user could decide whether or not they wanted that lead to be enrolled in that top producer strategy or not. And if they didn't flag it, it just fell into our normal thing. And what we ended up doing was taking these flag leads and putting them at the top of the list. So as they're working their leads, they're going to be calling the leads they think are the best first. And it's done automatically for when it's time to to make the next phone call. And what I found over time was that if I could get a user calling out of the priority view and using the next lead, next lead, next lead, and working through the list, that when they get through the flagged leads, they actually keep going. 
And they keep going through now the list that I have set up. And so it was just such an impactful way to increase our usage of the priority view and to get users to trust. Because again, they have these really good leads. They want to call their way. And so they'll write it on a post-it note, do all these other things to work around the priority view. So if you really kind of use that knowledge from your team, pull them into the conversations, let them, they're going to feel empowered and part of the team. And it really just helps the organization culture all around. Any thoughts there? Yeah, and I, I like the fact that you used a specific example. I think about it kind of almost at, at a higher level, which is the common misconception of the Velocify system is it has to be it has to work the same for everybody, right. and it has to work the same for all leads. That's a common misconception, and once you think that, I can understand why a lot of people wouldn't trust it or or maybe wouldn't want to use it in certain scenarios. But the Velocify system can be configured to work differently for different people, or more importantly, as you described work differently for different types of leads, which can be dictated by the individual loan officer. Scott, I know you like the idea of also allowing the loan officer sometimes, let's say maybe for a prequal or something out of that nature, to be able to label it as hot, medium, or cold, where again, you have the loan officer being able to have some input into what path, right? Like choose your own adventure, that type of thing. And and being able to, to, to put that into place in Velocify, to your point, then makes the loan officers feel more empowered. And the Velocify system can definitely do that. Last but not least, lead score. So for a lot of clients now, we're utilizing Velocify's lead scoring to do things like, how do we distribute leads based on the lead score? But where it really comes into play is the priority view. And as we talk about trust and trying to get loan officers to trust the system, when you walk them through how we're taking these really good leads based on the criteria that they normally are going to look at. They're going to look at what type of loan is it. Again, these attributes, they're having to go look and decide, is this a good lead or not? Using Velocify's lead scoring, we can now put those leads at the top of the list or at the top of each prioritization queue based on the score of the lead. And the score could actually also include the hot, medium, cold you just mentioned. So if they've chosen it's hot and it has this criteria, the score then is higher and is always showing back at the top of the list. And I think the really strategic loan officers who are thinking long-term about, call it their business, right? Their pipeline. Those loan officers are really going to see the value of the lead score because they're really thinking about it in that way. And if they can have their leads automatically sorted for them and don't have to spend that time thinking about what is a good lead, what's not, can take it to the next level. You've done a couple of lead scoring implementations here recently. Any interesting tidbits you found? Yeah, and I actually touched on a couple of these beforehand when we were talking about some of the symptoms. When yeah. you're talking specifically about things like pre-qualifications or pitched loans, these, these scenarios where these are important leads, they've taken that f- important first step, but there's a lot of them. And the loan officer then has to figure out how to manage their way through. And inevitably, what they do is they have this big list and they pick, I'm going to call this one, I'm going to call, they skip a bunch of them. And other than the fact that it's extremely inefficient, they also can easily miss things. And it all comes back to the trust thing. If they can trust the order that they're in and they've seen the benefits of it, it's going to make them much more efficient throughout their day because they don't have to spend that time picking and choosing. Yeah, along the same lines, I did an implementation a couple months ago. And there's we talk a lot about engagement score, customer engaging with an email, clicking on a link, these types of things. One of the things that the lender had was email open in the last 15 minutes, which is great. They open an email, call them right away. But if the loan officer missed that, if they were working in in the LOS or they were at lunch or they were in the bathroom, whatever, and they come back and it's no longer been 15 minutes, that lead's gone. And they may not even know it was ever open. That email was over, over opened at this point in time. But if you're scoring based on that attribute that has been opened or clicked, we can move that lead up into the list based on 
on that little metric right there. That little small metric turns into be something big because now the borrower knows who you are. They understand. Maybe they clicked on a link and went to your landing page and learned more about your products and these types of things. It's going to really help the loan officer potentially sell that customer even more. All right. That was a, a great session here on prioritization. 25 minutes, Ben. We did 25 minutes wow. in prioritization. That really tells you kind of the story, right? Of, of how important it is and where the biggest efficiency games come from. It's the fact that we need to dedicate this much time. We do with our clients all the time to dedicate this much time to setting up this important of a, of a piece. Quick reminder, everyone out there, leave comments, questions when you are Yeti Cup here. I'm going to segue, Ben, over to duplicate management, something we're really, really getting more and more deep on with our clients because as lead providers have tightened up, or as you've mentioned, where maybe someone's re-inquiring because they were just answering so many calls and now leads are just maybe coming back in. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of duplicate management. Yeah, the duplicate management, when, when I bring this up, so I, I think some of you know, I used to participate in, in the sale of the Velocify solution. And when we started talking about duplicates, most people see duplicates as a pain point, right? You have one loan officer comes and they say, I just called someone and I just called John Smith and John said that he's speak, speaking to my colleague already. So what, what's the deal, right? And it's not a good customer experience, not a good loan officer experience all kinds of problems. And just the idea that these duplicates even exist is usually seen as a pain point. When just like many things, it's not a pain point if you take advantage of it and if you handle them appropriately. So Velocify has the duplicate management tool, which again, I hope most of you are aware of. And it's a matter of how it's utilized, right? What you want to do is you want to be able to take those duplicates and get benefit out of them. You want to be able to do things like, okay, we know that there's a duplicate. Of course, you want to merge the new one with the old one to make sure that you only have the one lead. We know that. But then what are you going to do about it? And the, the key is to understand that there's a function in Velocify that allows you to take an action on that existing lead, the, on the main lead that you've, duplicate, that you've merged together. And when you do that, you can then now do a whole bunch of other cool stuff. Scott, do you want to talk about some of the stuff that you can do with it to gain benefit out of that dupe? Yeah. Actually, I was going to even start with... You know, Velocify did a white paper six years ago, I think is what we ended up digging up. And, and in there, it had an amazing stat that said that if a lead is a duplicate, it has a 167%, 167% higher chance of conversion. Okay, And I think what the story in that is the fact that the customer is really interested in, in doing something. And so they're more likely than to convert. So we've got to use that in some way. So I think the, the biggest way is that we can take an action on a lead record through that duplicate process. And if, let's say in this scenario where the loan officer is already working a lead record, they have a lead that's maybe in contact attempt two, they've been trying to reach the customer, but now another lead comes into the system and it matches an existing lead. We can then say, okay, we want to merge the two leads together and take an action on the, on the parent lead, the first lead for that loan officer. And what that action can do, if you think about what Velocify can do from action status changes, all of these things, is we can fire emails. We can do notifications or a post, these types of things. And so what, what we teach a lot of lenders to do is you should take an action that notifies the original loan officer that, hey, there's a duplicate that just happened. And once you have that, you send them an email, maybe you give them a link to the lead, they can click on it and it opens up the lead record or we put it at the top of their priority view. So if they're working the priority view, right there at the top of the list, you can even maybe use it in lead scoring, a number of things uh, to say, is this lead a duplicate? 
And so I think we've, the, the key part to that, though, is you need to train your salespeople on why it's important. They think there's the idea of a duplicate, as you mentioned a second ago, is kind of a bad word. They don't, they think of that as a bad thing. But when you're coaching them right, letting them know that this is actually really interest borrow, and maybe you have a lead in contact with him too, and you haven't been able to reach them yet. And now we can, you know, put it in right in their laps and say, Hey, this, this lead just came in. Well, guess what? They just went to another website and hit submit. They're probably interested and they're probably going to have other lenders calling them here shortly. So reach out to them ASAP. The other benefit I've seen when doing this action, let's say you have a loan, you have the, let's say the Encompass connector, connector with your LOS, and you have status changes that are happening. And now you have a loan that's in processing, let's say. So the loan's in processing, you think everything's good, processors are handling it, everything looks good on the notes. And all of a sudden, the customer goes out and shops the rate. They heard rates went down on the news, they go to the website, they submit a lead. And for some, and, and luckily, your company bought the lead. Lead comes in, notifies you, and you're saying, "Oh wow, I have a now some a customer who's out shopping around, who's in processing. I need to pick up the phone and call them right away. I need to make sure that I've helped them through whatever questions they have to make sure that they're going to stick with me." It's also really impactful, like pre-qualifications, right? So I have someone who's being pre-qualified, and I think I'm doing a good job of nurturing that person. And now they're going to go out and maybe find someone else. These benefits can be simply done by our duplicate management tools, the strategies, the things we put in place to make sure that we're catching all of them. That's the other key part. You got to catch them all and then taking the action to then notify the loan officer. And I think the terminology here is key. On our previous video, hopefully most of you uh, had a chance to take a look, we talked about the Velocify script form view. And we talked about the fact that it's, it can be used just to create a custom form. And if you create a custom form for loan officers, don't tell them it's called the script form view. Tell them it's a custom form. It's a terminology thing. I think this is the exact same concept. Just because Velocify gives a name to something doesn't mean that you need to call it that, right? The only people that need to know the Velocify terms is a Velocify admin. No one else needs to care. The reason I say this is because I usually recommend that if you're going to, let's say, create an action, don't call it duplicate lead and have the loan officer see that. Call it something like re-inquiry. Call it something that lets the loan officer know this isn't a mistake, a duplicate that came in by accident. This is the, the borrower went out there and they inquired again. That means something very different to a loan officer than a duplicate, even though from a technology standpoint, it's actually the exact same thing. It's all about the terminology to get loan officers thinking the right way. Love it. Great advice. Great advice there. Oh, I got one more. Oh, what's that? Regarding the duplicate, something else I wanted to throw out there. I'm going to geek out on the duplicate thing for just a second. Hope that's okay. For anyone who has dove into the, the duplicate rules, you may have found that there are some data points that exist when you like run reports in Velocify that don't exist when you're doing your duplicate checking rules. And even if only one person watching this knows what I'm talking about, this, this is for you. When you're trying to match a duplicate and decide if something should be a duplicate or not, usually what lenders will do is they'll say, okay, if I have a new lead that came in today and it matches a lead that's more than 30 days old, 60 days old, whatever it might be, if it's, if it's a certain gap, then just treat the new one as a new lead. And that's fine. That's usually what lenders will do. And it's based off of the date added of the original lead, how old the original lead was. And it makes sense to start that way. But what happens if I have a lead that was a year old, and it just so happens that they called in and we had a conversation yesterday. And now I get 
a re-inquiry, not a duplicate. I get a re-inquiry and we're trying to decide, should the system create a new lead or not? Well, the lead is a year old, but the last time I spoke to them was yesterday. We definitely don't want this to create a new lead going to a new loan officer and now have a different loan officer call them. We want to be able to ideally determine whether something should be flagged as a duplicate or not, not based off of when that existing matching lead was created, but based off of when that existing matching lead was last spoken to or when there was an attempt of some kind. So many of you may know, last action date is one of the things that you can use in general in your rules and Velocify. But it's actually not something that you can use in the duplicate checking rules. I have no idea why it's not available. We can help you make it available. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but we can help you with that. It's one of our SDP special type of things that we can do. Similarly, you might not want to match something as a duplicate in a certain way, or maybe you do want to match based on whether there's a calendar event, an appointment that's created for that lead. Again, that's not available. Again, I know this gets in the weeds a little bit, but when you're talking about duplicate checking, I think it can be really, really important. Again, it's just one of those things that, that we can help out for anyone who's run into that before, or maybe you're just thinking about it now. It's a great point. And I'm sorry I forgot that part because it's super critical because there's been so many times that we've talked to clients, we're doing an assessment, and they're like, I've always wanted to do this. And this is always one of the things that show up is that I can't use date added for that this exact reason. But it's one of the, there's also date modified. Date modified, if you're using that with maybe you have an integration with another provider and they're sending updates to the lead record, that is a date modified. Therefore, it's not going to really be applicable to what you're looking for. So glad you brought that up. I'm sorry I missed that part, Ben. Feel bad. Should. Yeah, I should. All right. All right. So let's move on at this point. Sorry. And reminder, actually, hey, uh, we have a comment too. Oh, hey, we know Billy. He's here for the Yeti, but he's staying for the user experience best practice. I love it, Billy. You just got a raise. Good job. All right. So we're going to move on. All right. So let's talk about call strategies, right? We have the basic call strategies of how you call a lead, right? You call them right away, of course, speed to lead is important. Also call them an hour later, four hours later. We have all of that built out. But what a lot of lenders are trying to do now is figure out how to call their age leads in the right way. What is the best way to do that? And there's a lot of different things, different strategies. You could just put it into a queue and you start calling every 24 hours or 48 hours or something that's not going to be annoying. But there's a lot of value in these leads that you've purchased in the past. And let's say 30 days ago, they went online, the customer went online, they raised their hand, and then their phone started ringing so much that they blocked all the numbers and they kind of gave up on the process. But what if you could have a really strategic way to call them 15 days later, 20 days later, 30 days later, to give them kind of the optimal chance to answer the phone? And one of the ways that we've done this is with what I've called inquiry time of day. And what we're looking at is the time of the day that the lead came into the system is the time of the day we want to call them when we're calling 30 days later, 15 days later. What we found over time with, with kind of researching this is that customers have a much higher contact rate when calling within a two-hour window when the lead came in. And it makes sense. Think about a, a customer who goes online, LendingTree.com or a lead provider, and they, and they hit submit at noon. That's a key stat we need to know. The customer went online at noon. Well, what does that tell us? Maybe that's their lunch break. That's when they're available at least enough to go and start researching for mortgage, mortgage raise or, or whatever product they're looking to buy. So when using that inquiry date and time, we can set up the prioritization or the get lead program, distribution programs, what have you, only distribute or only show up in the priority view around that same time of the day. So as you're calling them 30 days later, you're going to call them around noon. And what we actually recommend is if they submit the lead at noon, we actually want to call them 
30 minutes or so before that time period, or maybe a little bit before. The idea is that someone doesn't just go to a, a lead provider and hit submit. I don't just go type in mortgages, find a lead provider, hit submit, and I'm done. I'm usually doing some research. And what that tells us is that the customer has a little bit of time before the lead actually came into the system. So let's use that data point. Let's call them a little bit early. So we set up the priority views to, again, kind of prompt the loan officers to call them around that same time of the day. Anything to add there, Ben? Yeah, I think the, the key for me was that you talked about this being for aged leads. Yeah. And the reason that resonates with me is because the Velocify system on its own, right? It, it's made to always be prioritizing things, right? Which means that if it's I'm supposed to call someone based off of my rules, if it turns out that I'm supposed to call them, let's say two hours later, when two hours later comes, it's possible that that's the next lead for me to call, but it's possible that that's the hundredth lead for me to call. It just depends, right? And everything kind of moves around. If I don't get to it in the next hour, that's okay. It just continuously gets reprioritized and moved to the right spot. But when you're talking about earlier in the funnel, you still want to be calling kind of as quickly as you can, even if you miss certain windows. Age leads, if you call on day 30 or day 31, they're not expecting a call from you. It's not a recent thing. A call on day 30 versus day 31 doesn't really matter, but it might matter the time of day that you call. So that's why it's great to be able to hone in and pick these specific timeframes to be able to say, we want to call this lead between 11.30 and 12.30, and we're going to do it on day 30. But if it's not on day 30 and it's on day 31 or 32 or 33, that's okay. The timing of the day becomes more important. It's just kind of shifting the thinking from the regular way that Priority View works. It's a good way to kind of adjust the Velocify system for different scenarios, such as age leads. Yeah. And kind of tell the story of where this came about was I was with a client back when I worked at Velocify and we were looking at, we, we did a, a lead experience screen. We put a lead in, we tracked all of the phone calls. In this case, we wanted to track for 45 days. We put a lead in and watched what happened for 45 days because they had a really aggressive strategy for calling their age leads, or so they thought. It was aggressive. Was it strategic? I don't know. Because what, what we found was is that on day 30, day 32, day 35, day 40, like all of the different kind of intervals after day 30, they were all getting called at 8 o'clock in the morning, every single time. And the lead inquired at 5 or 6 p.m. And here we are calling it every single day at 8 o'clock with no kind of structure because he had a built on 24, 48 hours, what have you. And so the idea is to utilize that date and time. So in this case, it wouldn't even show up until 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock for that phone call to happen. So I would encourage those who haven't kind of looked at this uh, within their own system to really take a look at when are your phone calls actually happening. You might have a priority, priority view because you know it's all set up perfectly. You think it's perfect, but to Ben's point, there might be a lead that you think should be called two hours later, but it just happens to fall down the bucket a little bit because of other things that are a priority. I would recommend you really take a look at what your actual experience is versus what you think you have set up. And we actually have a tool that we built, Lead Experience Screening. Go to our website and find more information about it, where we actually can do this secret shop for you. Call it a secret shop. We call it a Lead Experience Screening because it just sounds a little nicer. But ultimately, what we're doing is secret shopping you. And we're putting a lead on your website. And we're tracking every phone call, email, and text that we get. And we're tracking it for 10 days. We want to know every phone call and email and text we got. Then we call back in 10 days later. Or once we get to the 10 days, we call into the salesperson, to the loan officer. We spoof the number that we put on the website or the lead provider. We spoof all of this. They pick up the phone. We have a brief conversation. We act like we're interested. We ask for a call back a couple of days later or maybe the next day at a specific time. And we're tracking, do they call on time? Most of the time they don't. A little hint there. 
50% of the time, we don't ever get a call again. Of the 50% of the time, we do get a call. 85% of the time, it's more than an hour late, which is just nuts. So long story short is uh, really need to understand not only kind of what you have set up, we call it inspect what you expect. So you need to be inspecting all of the things you expect from that prioritize view setup or how you're following up with your leads long-term. All right, I'm going to move on to the next one. No comments, it doesn't appear. Jump over to our last couple of minutes here. Velocify, encompass integration challenges. There are a few, no doubt. I think we've helped kind of perfect a couple and eliminate some of this off of our plates. Let's, can you talk a little bit about what are some of the top things you've seen as a challenge between the integration between these two? Yeah, the, the first thing I'd say, which isn't necessarily a, a challenge, well, I don't know that any of these are specifically challenges because all of them can be addressed in some form or fashion. One of them is the duplicate checking rules. You do need to make sure that your duplicate checking rules are set up um, in the appropriate way. goes back to the duplicate checking that we talked about beforehand. Uh, but I did want to share one other thing, which we just recently found a solution for. Hopefully, it comes across that we try to be as innovative as we can, always kind of rethinking how we can redo things to make them easier. And I wish for this part that there was like a hand-raising thing like there is in Zoom, where I could say, raise your hand if, if, if you've seen this issue. And feel free to put something in the comment if anyone would like. But my guess is that anyone who has currently or who has ever managed Velocify and has the Encompass integration has found it tough to remember that every time you add a new user, a new loan officer within Velocify and within Encompass, you have to reach out to the Velocify slash ICE support team and ask them to add that new loan officer to your Encompass integration. Again, I wish there was like a way to do like hand raising things so people could be like, yeah, I have to do that all the time. It's not the greatest. It's just kind of the way that it's been working for as long as I can remember. What we did was we looked at that and we said, is there a better way? Can there be a better way? And, and we believe there is. Now, this is my little disclaimer. We have put this into play so far once, fairly recently. So I can't promise long-term stuff. I'll come back and report back maybe on our next video um, on how this is going. But what we've done is we've made it for this one lender that they no longer have to notify the Velocify support team when they add new loan officers to Velocify and to Encompass. It just works. And I can explain the details to anyone who's interested. You can reach out to us. Basically, it relies on matching email addresses, which makes sense, right? If the user's email address is in Velocify and it's the same email address in Encompass, then the integration just works. Now, there's a couple of other things that need to be accounted for, which again, we can explain if you're interested. Definitely reach out to, to, to Scott and we, we can discuss a little bit more. But there, there's things like this with the Encompass integration and other things as well. We're always trying to innovate and see if there's better ways to do things. And we know that that can be a big pain point, having to remember to notify the Velocify support team. And we don't think you need to anymore. Yeah, love it. Yeah, it's been a challenge for sure for some of my, some of my long-term clients, for sure. So yeah, we'll report back, let you know how it's going. But for those that are interested, and maybe this is a pain point for you, reach out to us and we can talk more about it. Which is a good segue into innovation. We were talking about innovation, things that we're trying to find innovative ways to do things. And good segue over to lookup tables, Ben. So as you know, you know you've implemented this now for a couple of clients. But you know one of the things that I had back when I was a Velocify client was the ability to do a lookup table off that pretty much provided marketing information to every lead record. Very detailed marketing information. Again, on every lead record would have 
would you know, lead would come in with one little piece called a code, source code. That source code would then have 20 or 30 attributes associated with it so that what I wanted to happen was rather than going to the lead provider and say, hey, send me these 20 to 30 elements every single time you send me a lead. I said, just send me this one code. And this one code is going to drive then this lookup to say, okay, what are the 30 attributes that I need to be appended onto the lead record? So now instead of just using campaign or lead source to just as a filter for distribution, I could use one of those 30 fields. I had report group, which was a little higher. I had campaign. I had source group, source code, all these different indicators. All of this stuff was based on that one source code. And it made it much easier for a lead provider to be able to send leads in with one code. And again, get the value of having all of those data elements on the lead record, which also helped for reporting as well. When I wanted to report on a specific report group, which was like internet or direct mail, I could drill into that very quickly using Velocify reporting. Really, really easy. Now, we've done it here recently for uh, conforming loan limits, right? Or, or different loan limits by county. Can you talk a little bit about what that lookup table looks like? Yeah, the lookup table concept to me is really cool because Scott introduced this to me years ago. And again, kind of at a high level, it's very simply... We have one data point in Velocify. There are other pieces of information that can be derived from that data point. So, and we want that in Velocify too. And it can be, as Scott said, an assortment of different things. And the, the conforming, lo- conforming loan limit check for jumbo loans was a really interesting one that just came up for us fairly recently, where basically a lender said to us, yes, we know that once a loan is in Encompass, we're going to do the proper checks to see if this is above the, the, the loan limit or not based off of the county, state, and so on and so forth. But ideally, we want to be able to make some decisions earlier based off of whether something is going to be a jumbo loan or not, or is likely to be a jumbo loan or not. And I said, well, how much earlier? And at first, they said, well, we want it to be maybe while we're pitching the loan or something of that nature. And eventually, they said, no, we want it to be like when we receive the lead at the very beginning. So what we did is we said, okay, can we find a way to take just the fact that we know the county or even maybe just the fact that we know the zip code? Can we take that information? I mean, technically, a loan officer, what they're going to do quite often is they're going to look at the county or zip code, whatever it might be. They're then going to go and look up the loan limit themselves manually. What if there was a better way? And using that lookup table would be that better way. And that's where we take all of the appropriate data that we need. We put it in a special table that sits out there. And we just, when a new lead comes in, whether it's by zip code or county or whatever we want to do, it sends over to that lookup table and gets the information. What that allows a lender to do is to say, okay, now we want to distribute jumbo, likely jumbo loans only to these loan officers or only a certain amount to certain loan officers. Or you can do it in an assortment of different ways that are very, very strategic. Again, the Velocify system doesn't do complex logic. It doesn't do if this field is over this amount and this field has this value and this is true or this is true, right? Velocify doesn't do logic like that. You need some kind of other solution. And that's what this solution does for things like conforming loan limits. And, and Scott, we've done this for some other things as well, uh, if you want to share a little bit there. Yeah. So like realtor information. So if I have a loan coming from a specific realtor, I could maybe put it in a dropdown or maybe it's the lead source. And then when they choose that as the lead source and they hit save or, or the status changes when they create the lead, as new, we fire off a post to the to the to the lookup table and essentially returns back the realtor name, their brokerage name, their email address, the phone number, all of the stuff that's going to prevent now the, the salesperson from having to go type all of this stuff in. And ultimately what happens when they type things in is that they make mistakes. And then those mistakes 
balloon into issues with the reporting or maybe a text message went to the wrong person. All of these challenges that can happen from that. So we do realtor information. We've done customer information. Maybe you have an existing you know, customer that you have and you want to pin their current loan information to the lead record so the loan officer doesn't have to go to another system to try to find this. We've even done um, like an hour of the day and day of the week type of uh, lookup. So uh, specific lenders of ours said, I have certain things that happen like a mistransfer. But when it comes to reporting or holding people to a contest or whatever, I only want to look at days of the week, of Monday through Friday. I don't want to count Saturdays because I don't really count. I don't want to count you know, transfers at 7 p.m. that missed because usually most people are gone by then. And so we're able to say, okay, when this post comes in, return back that hour of the day and the day of the week into a custom field. So now we can use those as filters on these reports, et cetera. So yeah, really interesting use cases there. Now, it is a standalone little software solution that we built here at SDP. Reach out to us if you're interested in that. I mean, if you if you dream it, we could probably build it. I mean, that's that's ultimately what it's come down to. And so don't just look at those use cases of what we had. If there's something that you're always having to put on lead records, but with an upload, or maybe a loan officer is having to look up and check and, and all of these things, there's a good chance we can automate this for you, put it right in their fingertips. Yeah, when I at the beginning we were talking about the priority view concept, and I was saying, well, here are some pain points, and here's the way we solve for them. And what I found with the lookup table concept is, like, I don't even know how to categorize what the pain points might be where we would use that to solve for. Like, it's so it could be so many different things, and it just kind of reinforces the fact that if you have anything that's going on with Velocify that seems like it could be working better, let us know, and there's a good chance that we're going to be able to find some kind of solution for it. Maybe it's lookup table, maybe it's something else. Yeah, love it. All right, checking for questions. Let's see. Looks like there's three or four questions coming in. Let's start with... So I want to require that certain fields are filled out before a lead can be moved to the next status. I know that this is not an out-of-the-box option with Philosophy. Do you have any workaround ideas? I'll roll with that one. I used to run into that a lot. The request comes from anyone who's used a CRM before, right? If you've used a true CRM, then you've had the ability to just create a rule. Like Encompass has this as an example, right? That says the record cannot move to a certain status or milestone or whatever unless this field is populated for the Encompass people, right? Required fields for milestones. It's a very basic concept. Philosophy doesn't have it. It just doesn't. But what we've done is we've come up again with a creative solution that doesn't do exactly what you want. And again, I'm not going to get into the details. Feel free to reach out and I can explain the details a little bit more. But there are ways to leverage multiple different features in Velocify, the script form view, required fields, data posting, conditional posts, basically take all these things. My old boss always described all these different tools in my Velocify tool belt. I use four or five of them together and make it so that it gets very, very close to what we're looking for here, where basically a loan officer would say, I want to move this into another status. And if they don't have the required fields in there, it shows up in their priority view at the top, as I talked about before, and a way to check if people are using priority view or not. It shows up at the top and says, we didn't move this to the status you wanted to because this field isn't populated. So populate it, and then we'll go ahead and move it. So just another example of things that the Velocify system doesn't do out of the box that we've found creative solutions to make it kind of do. Love it. This is why I wake up every morning. It's so much fun doing this stuff. Well, speaking of, actually, this maybe came in a little earlier in regards to Priority View. How do I know if my LO is actually using the Priority View? We talked about a couple of ways. You want to talk a little bit about the report? Yeah. And, and this is we'll just for anyone who's not familiar with how to use the page view logs, we'll just give you a quick little tip here. Each Velocify page, for the most part, has its own unique URL at the top. 
So if you're ever curious if a loan officer is going to a certain page, no matter what it is, go to that page in your Velocify, take note of the URL at the top. And what you can do is you can then run a custom report for page view logs. And you can say, and just for a fun exercise, just do page view logs in the last hour and just run it for everyone. And you'll be able to see kind of how all this works. And then what you can do is you can say, only show me the page view logs if it's leads or if it's leads priority. And again, you'll be able to see it in your URL. You do a count and you can quickly see Scott Payne was on the normal view three times today and he was on the priority view 20 times today. Ben Shore was on the normal view 50 times today and on the priority view zero times today. You can see it. It's all in the page view logs. All right. Next question. Can you do an audit for us for duplicate management? Definitely. And we can do an audit for anything. But the duplicate management one is a good one because the way that the duplicate management rules go, it's kind of like, I guess, the priority view a little bit, is they can get complicated quickly, especially duplicate management, especially when you have many of them. The first thing I would say right off the bat is if you have more than five or six duplicate management programs, you should probably create an Excel sheet that outlines them so you can keep track, so you can see all of them at once, not just by name, but kind of what they're for. Because sometimes you look at a duplicate program in the system, you don't really know what it's for. So that would be my first recommendation for everyone is create an Excel sheet for that. When you make changes in Velocify, make changes to the Excel sheet. If you're interested, I can actually send some examples. Just reach out. But in terms of the audit, we can definitely do audits for you for this type of thing. And just to give you an idea, the thing that we look for, we're looking for things as basic as evaluating all the duplicate programs and seeing if you're not doing something that you should be doing. But quite often, what will end up happening is some lenders don't realize that if you want to check for a match on email or let's say last name and phone number, those have to be two separate programs. Some people don't realize that. They don't realize they can do that. So we can go ahead and help you to understand that there are additional things that you might be able to dupe check on. You want to look for consistency. A lot of times, you'll create a filter in one one duplicate program, forget that you didn't create another one, then create it in the other one, but it's not the same. And there's inconsistencies. So we'll check for those types of consistencies. Check for best practices. We check to make sure that you're keeping the existing lead probably most of the time, and maybe only keeping the new lead some of the time. For those of you who are not aware, when you do a duplicate merge and you keep the new one, you lose all the logs from the old one. So there's things like that, best practices. We will audit for all of that. It's a good exercise for any lender to do, probably at the very least once a year, maybe twice a year. If you're comfortable doing it on your own, great. If you're looking for some help, we are here to help. Great answer. All right. One last question just came in. You guys are lead management consultants. Does that include consulting on lead providers? When I ask Philosophy, they say they're not allowed to consult on that type of stuff. So yeah, so actually it's a great point here. For those that don't know, Michael Peranto just joined SDP Solutions about, about a month ago, a month and a half ago or so. And Michael comes from Cardinal Financial, where he was director of lead marketing. So he has a lot of experience. He had a very large marketing budget there. Obviously, Cardinal is a, is a big company here in the US. So he has a lot of experience. He has a lot of relationships built. And one of the things we've been offering to some of our clients is just the ability to kind of uh, meet with Mike and understand what some of his personal strategies are when it comes to lead providers. There's actually a blog post. If you go to our website and go to our blog, there's a, an article that he's written on this already that talks about some of his best strategies when things tighten up, the ability to, to look at other filters and he offers his kind of guidance there. So yeah, so uh, I'll reach out to you separately and then try to connect you with Michael to run through that. If you guys, if anybody else out there kind of needs some guidance or help or wants to take advantage of that, let us know. And we'll be happy to put a call together for that. So, anything to add there, Ben? No, no, you're good. All right. Last but not least, giving away my Yeti cup. So for those interested, 
feel free to leave a comment. The good news is, is that you can still leave a comment until the end of the week. After you've watched this live or watched it now recorded, or maybe you want to go back later and leave a comment or have a question for us, you still will be in the drawing for that. So on Friday afternoon, we'll do a drawing for the Yeti Cup. and We'll get that shipped out to you. So Ben, great second episode. Anything you want to close with? No, I love this stuff. The one thing I would share with the group is when Scott and I have had years and years of, of having conversations like this, I always say with my buddy, you know, we watch sports all the time and I'm like, oh, I wonder if anyone would actually be interested in hearing us talk just the way we talk just about sports or whatever. And it just feels like that's what this is, right? You and I have been talking about this stuff for years and years and years and now to be able to actually do it together and have other people be able to, to listen in, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, love it. All right. We'll get another one coming in October. We might have a special guest for that one, more to come on that. But for those that joined us today, thanks for taking out your time out of your day. We know your time is very valuable. Appreciate you spending it with us. See you next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Lead Management Masterminds podcast. Today's episode is presented by SDP Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things lead management strategy and optimization. Please visit us at www.sdp-solutions.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast site.